Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, great to see you guys. Look at all that cool decorations up. Feels like Christmas, but not. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for your kindness and grace and mercy. And and we just give you the praise this morning. The Holy Spirit, speak through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to step back just a hair bit. I don't spit on anyone this morning. <laughs> so, I've been, I've been um, doing lots of thinking, lots of praying, and kind of just, where, where do you want to go? And I know last week I was talking about how the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of... Anyone here? Spirit of fear, but of? Power. Power. And of? Love and of uh, sound, sound mind. Why? Why do we know that we can trust God, and why do we know that we don't have to fear? The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. So the answers are in the Bible. The Bible, Bible always interprets the Bible. You always find the answers in the Bible. So if you have a question about the Bible, that Bible always interprets the Bible, so you can find it, and you'll find. That in it, as he's talking about, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. What is that? It's not our power, but it's that same power that raised Jesus from the dead that lives inside us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I was just thinking about it this morning. When Jesus died on the cross, Jesus is life, right? His spirit never died. His body, his, his earthly body died, but it was resurrected in, into to a, new, a new body, right? And so when he was resurrected, and that's the same thing that happens to us when we're crucified on the cross. He didn't do anything that he, that he didn't do anything that, or doesn't expect us to do anything that he didn't do first, right? And so, so when he says... We are crucified with Christ, therefore we no longer live, but it's Christ who lives within us. Guess what? He come down to be man so that we could live as sons of God in Him. Now that's pretty cool when you think about how powerful and how, how awesome that is and how all He does. And so when, when we get to the realization of who Jesus is, and get to the realization of who we are in Him, then what do we ever have to be afraid of? And so, we have a power that lies where? Within us, right? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. And the Bible actually says this. It says it will make alive our human bodies. Like it's so powerful that it'll actually bring life to our mortal bodies, to our human bodies, right? And so there's something powerful about the Spirit, about living in the Spirit, about living in Him and and trusting Him because He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. 
right? What does that mean if I have the power? It's like if I'm in trouble and I have no way of helping, helping myself, I'm what? I'm powerless, mm-hmm. right? But if I have the answer to that problem, guess what I have? I have power, right? I can, I can take care of that. And so we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to your purpose. His purpose. To his purpose, right? And, and so we can trust him in who he is. We can trust him in what, it, what he's doing. We can trust him that he's working and that we have the power. Can you use that, that song? I got the power. <laughs> Remember that? I could sing it, kind of. That, that's not really all it is. I got the power. And then it's like, I got the power. Right? It's like it worked for PUD or something. <laughs> right? Will knows about power. Right? Don't take a lot of power to knock you on your seat. Right? I actually went to a customer's one time and their horse was out and they had an electric fence and it was, and it was knocked down and um, it, they broke the wire and so I was like, man, I got to get this horse in. So I got the horse in and then I'm looking at that fence and I'm like, where do I turn this thing off? So I trace it and it's in this building, this little building, and it's locked. <laughs> Who would lock their electric charger in there and I'm looking at these horses and I'm like I can't leave these horses and I can't get into this building what am I going to do and see listen I hate electricity I hate it with a passion right and so I went and I grabbed it and I put it together and it was just like and I was just like but it's like got a and then you can feel the pulse of it coming it's coming through there, and then I wired it back up hot. And I was so mad. By the time I got done, I was so exhausted. It hurt to my very inside my bones, man. But it was like, I like horses way too much. I did not do that for the people. I did it for the horses, all right? And, and so, but boy, I called them. Who in the world would lock your electric charger up in, in a box, right? But, but they had the power, but the power wasn't connected. And if it's not connected, it still had life. But once it got connected, then it could flow. But a lot of us are like that. We have this, con- this source. Either we're not connected, we're not allowing the connection, or we're locking it up where no one can touch it. And so God wants to do something not when we're all, like for me, I'm always like I've lived my life always looking for a fairy tale God way out. And it's almost like it's a fairy tale God. And, and the way that we present God, it's almost like he's a fairy tale. It's no different than than mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Right? I don't need a mirror on the wall. I got a mirror right here. And it says my righteousness is of him and him only. Right. I don't want to look at that thing without him. Right? Even as pretty as I am. I, w- I want to see that reflection of me being who I really am on the inside, right? But it's like, like we, we think of God as a fairy tale God that we pray to and hope and wish something happens to us. When He lives inside us, He created us. His very DNA lives inside us. I know getting ready for... for um, for VBS uh, is 
there's, there's a big sign. I can read it from here. It says, created in Christ, designed for God's purpose. We are not coincidence. You are not an accident. You are a thought. Before you were born, God knew you. Look at, um, Paul talks about Jacob and Esau. And he says, says the point is, is when they were in the womb, both of them were in the womb. And before they were born, he told, it, told their mama, he said, hey, the, the older is going to serve the younger. And that was not how things went. And they weren't even born yet. So Paul makes this statement. He goes, if they weren't even born yet, how could what, what, what Jacob got be by works? I didn't make the point. Paul makes that point. Right? God, in his sovereignty, created Jacob for that time and that purpose. And he created Esau, too. And so, so Jacob and Esau are just, just... So here's the scripture. The Bible says the spirit... Um, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So, if um, in the Hebrew, there's like four different levels of study, and then there's also like like every every letter has a number associated with it too. But then it's got a pictograph thing with it too, and then. You get on that, and then you go down to these four different levels, and, and it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And so what, what are they doing is God is so big that you just can't explain him and just straight up. Now, I can explain him. I mean, we've got to get down. You know, we've got to get the hay down where the cows can eat it. You know, you don't want to talk like you're so spiritual you know, and so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. But the truth is, is if we're not living out of our spirit, we're living in the flesh and we're not much earthly good. And so how are we going to live? So Esau represent he's a hairy man. That's what this is what how, this is what the Hebrews teach. A lot of the Hebrews teach he's a hairy man. Right. He come to, to his father and, and when he come to his father, his father couldn't see, but he could feel. And he could feel the hairy man, right? Jacob was smooth skin. He's handsome, he's good looking, he's like me. I actually take after him. He's my grandpa, right? And so my great great grandpa, right? And so anyway, he's just smooth and you know, look at me and you'll see how cool he was, right? But he actually was shaven probably, but anyway, so you see Esau's this hairy man. What does it represent? He's like like it's going deeper than just like you've got literal, but then you've got you can go a little bit deeper, and God's trying to tell you something. The Bible talks about how he gave us the Old Testament is types and shadows. And here's the thing. If we just go on just the letter, all we're doing is we're living in the shadows. Ever see like Batman? Or, or Superman? Or the Marvel comics? Every time you see the shadows... There's nothing good in the shadows. Do not go there. Like if you're out in the middle of, a, 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 of Gotham City, if you're ever visiting for some reason, going shopping, stay out of the shadows, right? It's not a good place. But we as believers live in these shadows. We live in the old. And that's what, that's what the law was. It was a type and a shadow pointing us to Jesus. That's what the Ten Commandments were for. It was pointing us... Hey, Jesus even said, said it. He, he's like, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all yourself and love your neighbor, with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. What was he doing? He's saying that whole thing was to prove that you need me. 
not to live out of the flesh like Esau. So now what did Esau do? Esau was pretty cool, but Esau did this. He went hunting one day. He was like on this, they had these film crews, and it was called Almost Alone, because they had a few people with them. And so they were happened to survive, and so they had a camera on Esau, and he was out, you know, hunting, you know, trying, because he was a good hunter. But then, then Jacob, he was a savvy man. He, he was like growing stuff, and he was like, he wasn't starving. He, he knew what to do. And so here Esau's out, and he's hunting and hunting, and he's really good at it usually, but he, he got tired and weary out hunting, and he couldn't get anything. And do you know what he did? He said, man, I'm really hungry. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so he goes to Jacob. And do you know what he says to Jacob? He's like, give me a bowl of soup. He's like, okay. You give me your birthright. What a bad trade. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even, even on a loan or survivor, that would be a bad trade. You know? But he did it. Why? Because the flesh is weak. And that's what, what, the, what Esau, when we see Esau, we represent, it represents the flesh. If we're living from the flesh, we're, we're going to be fulfilling those fleshly desires and living out of that flesh. But if we're in the spirit, guess what? We're going to live out of our spirit, right? Created in Christ, right? That's our being. We're a being and out of our being. It's our head, our heart, and then our hands. It, we have the mind of Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind, right? Then you'll find what is good and acceptable and, and all these other things, right? Why? By the renewing of our mind. Not, not by what we do. We don't do to get. We do because we are. We're not working for victory. We're working from victory. Sometimes you just got to shut everything else off and just focus on what God's saying to you. You'll get all these voices around you and that when I find myself in those places, you know what I do? I shut everything off and I go right and I just listen straight to him. Why? Because he is life. And I'm going to find that life not when I go to heaven, not when he comes back, Right? But right now. Right? And so, it's another pet peeve of mine. It's like, I'm glad we, we have eschatology because we wouldn't have escalators if we didn't. <laughs> and I'm glad that Jesus is coming back. But if we only focus on him coming back for our salvation, we're going to miss the salvation that is in us right now. Not only... Are we going to miss the salvation that's in us? Those very people that we are called to share Jesus right now are going to miss it too. And so that, that scares me in a lot of ways. And so I'll tell you why it scares me. And I might get a little personal. Is my grandpa, man, every day, like he was an old preacher, old-fashioned preacher, like he'd go with a... With a um, he had a microphone and, uh, and a speaker, and he'd go out on the, st on the streets, and he'd preach off the streets, man. He was an evangelistic type, man, hell and fire and brimstone. And, 
But when he was older, I always remember him saying, Jesus is coming back any day, son. He's coming back any day, son. You better get ready to come back. You better not do something bad because you might miss the rapture and, you know, all this stuff. And you, you better get ready. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. But he never really once told me that Jesus lived in me and that Jesus was here. And I love him. He was a great man. He was a great preacher. He, he built churches and he did great things. And I honor him for that. But one of the things that, that I learned from him was that, yes, Jesus is coming back, but he's already here. When he comes back, we're already one. It's just a connecting of that body. And if we let him, we just go, hey, live in, into our own spirits and into the body now, that body will come alive, right? When he comes back for his church, that church is going to be a glorious church. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. We're not like limping out. It's like when the children of Israel left Egypt, like they weren't limping out. The Bible says not one was lame, not one was feeble. Like you see Charlton Heston and they're like, <laughs> running for their life. That's not how it, the Bible says it happened. And when Jesus does come back, it's just he's coming back. We're really, we're already one in him, so it's just a reuniting of that body coming, al- coming alive. And so, so anyway, that, that's free, <laughs> right? But it's about Christ in us, not waiting. Come out of the shadows. Forget about a fairy tale God that, that we hope will answer our prayer and hope will be there for us when he lives inside of us. And it's no wonder the world don't take it serious. That's hard, hard to think about for us. But when we live out of our spirit, live out of our heart, have our mind renewed, renewed to what? That I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God. The Bible actually says this. It says, the earth groans and moans for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know who that is? That's you. That's huge. That's you. He's like, man, I created you for this time. I've created you for this season. I've created you with a purpose that is far beyond you could even think or imagine. He, he, he said, I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think or imagine according to the power that's up in heaven. According to the power that's in Washington, D.C. According to the power that's in the, in the economy. No, according to the power that's in Disney in the fairy tales. No, according to what? The power that works where? In us. There's power in us? Man. You know, scientifically, there's enough electricity in our body to power like cities or something like that? I mean, if you... I mean, think about all the power. Like, if you can, like, look at what Einstein did with with one little atom. Guess what you're made up of? And not only that, that's just your physical matter. That's not even your 
bear it. It's that power in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Right? So so that's exciting. So we I I love that story about Esau and Jacob because when they went to the father, the father couldn't see, but he felt and he could feel the hairy man, right? Right? And so what did Jacob do? Is he dressed up. He he killed a goat. Man, that dude must have had rough skin. I mean I mean he needs to talk to my wife about some human grace product, right? To help their skin, right? And so, but like, he come in and, and his father would feel him, oh, here's my son. And so here Jacob comes in and his mom conspires with him. because he, And he had it right. He didn't cheat that. He bought it fair and square. Like we always say, well, Jacob cheated Esau out of it. No, he did not. He sold it fair and square. Now, it was not... It was not Jacob's fault that Esau took such a low price. It was Esau's fault because he didn't value the birthright. He didn't value the spiritual. He valued more just satisfying the flesh. And so now he goes to the father and his mom's helping him. And you can see the father. And, and you, can, you can see the pictures. Like everything from the beginning of this book is about Jesus. It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. You see the types and the shadows, but then you also see you can go into the depth and see Jesus in the in the spiritual realm in it so strong that if you ever see it, it changes your life and you can never go back. So here here Jacob goes and and he Dresses up with a goat. His mom helps him and they skin a goat. Like, why didn't Esau just go kill a goat? Maybe ego. You know what ego means? Edging God out. I don't need God. That's what we do by works. It's like, I don't need you, God. I don't need your sacrifice. I can do it on my own. And that's what what caused us to have the law in the first place was ego. We edged God out and said, no, we'll stay slaves to something rather than be sons of the Most High God. And so here he comes in and he's like, I can, you feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. But nevertheless, I'm going to give my blessing. You know what? He blessed him. It's like it's a conspiracy that God had planned before they were even born. And he didn't even tell, tell um, Isaac about it. What's it say to us? Esau, hairy man, the flesh, is supplanted. Jacob, Yaakov, that's what it means, supplanted, was supplanted by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. This whole book is telling us that. In the whole thing, everything he's talking to us about is about that. You're like, well, Pastor James, that's just one thing. Show me another one. I'm glad you asked. Remember Hagar and Sarah? What, what does Hagar represent? Hagar represents uh, um, the flesh. She had a son, Ishmael, with Abraham out of the flesh, right? But then God had the promised son, which was Isaac, which is out of the spirit. 
See, watch it. It's always in twos. You can always see that God's trying to tell us, you know something? It's about not living in the flesh. We do live in this world, but we don't live by our flesh. We live it through our spirit and through him. That almost sounds woo-woo. Right? But this book is woo-woo, man. When you think about it, all the things, raising the dead, healing the sick, limbs growing back, dead coming up. This is a woo-woo book, man. So if we don't like woo-woo, we need to find a different book. Like, like even fairy tales have woo-woo. Right? Poison apples, mirrors to talk, you know. Anyway. So I, I, as I was just thinking of, of, of this, man, I don't want to live an ordinary life. And I, God never called me to be ordinary. And I find that, that the only time that I'm ordinary is when I think that I'm Esau. And I think that I have to do everything by my own effort. I think that I have to go out, man, come home, I'm the man. I'm going to go bag this, and I'm going to get this, and I'm going to do that. And it's great when everything's good, man. When I see it, see this big, big monster thing come up, and I kill it and bring skin it, flip it over my neck and bring it home. Oh, look, honey. Look what I did. But then when I bring like a little plant home, oh, this is all I can find. It's not much. What is this all about? Works. It's all about, I hope this is good enough. I hope that I can do this. You know, God, it's okay. You, I got this. I really don't need you. I'll take care of this. And then one day I'm going to die and I'll go to heaven. And I'm going to live in heaven and it'll all be good. That's not the gospel story. That, that's not what it's about. It's not about trying to get to heaven or trying to get him to come back back down to us. It's about us in the now, the here and now, living in Him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And that's really, really good, good news. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1, it says this, While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. So here Jeremiah is confined. Like God called him. Like Jeremiah said, hey, I want to be a prophet. I want to be tortured and I want to be treated badly and I want to be imprisoned and I want to be... But like Jeremiah wasn't like, he was like, hey, this is the plan, God. When I, when I get to earth, this is what I want to, ha- want to happen. But he's confined. But I love this. Even when Paul was confined, guess what? The Word of God was never confined and it will never be confined. Because the Bible says the Word of God is sharp and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Cutting what? What is it cutting? Again, it's cutting the flesh from the Spirit. That's the, the point of the whole thing. It goes back, same book. Come out of the shadows. Come out of just living in the flesh. Come out, get out, move out of Gotham, man. 
And so here's Jeremiah, and he's confined in a courtyard of the guard. And then God's talking to him. It's like, hey, God, I'm a little busy. Or maybe he's like, hey, I got all day. What, what am I doing? But then God says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. You know what he is saying to him? You think they got power? You think this situation has got power? I'm the one. I am that I am. I am Yahweh. I am that I am. I'm the one. I, I am Melakalam. I am the creator of the universe. I'm the king of the universe. I created with word. I said, let there be, and there was. It's like, don't you think that I'm in your situation? Don't you think that, that I can take care of you? Don't you think that I got this situation in control and it looks like Israel's going to get annihilated and part of it is going to get annihilated. The flesh part's going to get wiped out. But guess what? I'm going to restore her and rebuild her greater than she ever was before. Just, man, you don't know what to do. I'm stuck here and I'm confined and I don't know what to do. And God says, hey, look, this is me who formed it, who created all this. Man, have you ever seen the earth? It's amazing. Like they talk about the seven wonders of the world that man built, it ain't compare nothing to what God built. Hey, I mean, look at me. Why does everyone laugh when I say stuff like that? I'm sure like, yes, we agree. He says, I'm the one who established it, I'm the one who formed it. And you know, he didn't do it in the flesh. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in the flesh. In the what? In the spirit. Right? Now he says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me. Man, we see these signs, call 911. And it, sometimes you need to call 911. I've had to do that a few times. Usually I don't get to call 911 because I'm face planted in an arena and someone else is calling 911. Or they usually have ambulances on the spot anyway, right? But so everyone's like, call 911. Call Ghostbusters. Are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. He doesn't say, call Ghostbusters. He doesn't, doesn't say, call, call Babylonian Busters. He says, call to me. Like, Jeremiah, I know it looks bad, not just for you, but for the whole nation, but call to me. You can still call to me. You can still trust me. I am still on the throne. I'm still the creator of the universe. I don't care who the president is. I don't care what war's going on. I don't care what's happening all around you. And they had worse stuff going on than that. And God was still able to restore a nation and bring it back to a place that would blow your mind. Will you trust God? He had a word for him in this situation. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Call to me, and 
you will get the answering machine. <laughs> Leave a message, and I will get back to you when I can. Hello, this is God. I'm not available right now. Please leave a message. I am busy in Africa. No? Call to me, and I'll have my secretary will answer. Hello, this is God's office. How can I help you? I'm sorry. We just used up our last allotment of grace. I mean, come on. I didn't write this book. I'm just telling you what it says. No. <laughs> That's not what it says? No. Oh, okay. Call to me, and my wife will answer. That's not what it says either. Call to me, and I will answer. They're like, man, I need to call someone. I don't know who to call. He's like, call me. I'm alive. That's a song, right? I won't sing the whole thing. You guys will rev me off. <laughs> call me. He's like, call me. Call to me, and I will answer you. Why is it again? Call to me, and I will answer you. Now, where are you calling? Are you calling from the shadows to a God, a fairy tale God way off in the sky that you hope might be there to talk to you? Or are you talking to a God? Why do I close my eyes when I pray? I always can't figure that out. And then I realize when I pray, He's right here in me. He's with me. So I just picture Him. Hey, I know you're with me. I know you're in me. I know you're for me. And you're not so far off. And for some reason, it... It empowers me. And then I'm not hoping that there's some far God off. Is he far off? Yeah. He's there and 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 he's there. He's so big. He is the source of everything. Is he outside me? Yes, he's outside me, but he's inside me too. And the Bible says that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's a whole other message, right? But if I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? That means God resides where? In me. But he says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you don't know. No, you have the answer. for Everybody be around people who've got the answer for everything. Just know everything. Like I've I've been blessed with good looks, but I've never been blessed with knowing everything. <laughs> Although I did have a stint in high school where I might have thought that. <laughs> but we have the answer. God has the answer. You think he might know everything? Like you need the answer. It's like in one of those game shows. You got one call. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> I'm going to call God. Why do you want to call God? Because he created everything. I think he might know how this works. I think he might have the answer. Who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. 
He is a Ghostbuster. But not Ghostbusters. Call to me. And I'm going to close. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1, it says this. And we beginning to com- commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Listen to that again. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Guess what? All those people that don't believe in Him yet, they are not enemies anymore. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in him those people that we don't like those people that we don't like I've been I can't stand them God loved them so much he sent Jesus for them he's like man it's the ministry not of Esau but the flesh where where our spirit will live above our flesh and then our flesh submits to our spirit does that make sense And then it says this, such confidence as this is ours through Christ. Listen to this, before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Man, you can take this book and you can breathe life into someone or you can bludgeon them to death. Your choice. It's our choice. What are we going to do? The Bible says that I didn't. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It's time we come out of the shadows. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for just your grace and your mercy and for being with us. And we give you the praise and the mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.